is up, guys? Welcome back to the Running and Gunning Podcast with your hosts, Justin Sinan and Logan Sandburn. We are going to get into some cool topics today for October time management. How you doing today, Logan? What's going on, man? Pretty awesome. Busy, as Pretty. always. Right on. Right on. Yeah. Logan's been busy working and doing family stuff, and we were kind of talking about uh, you know, what we wanted to talk about today, and... Uh, I figured it'd be a good time to talk about time management uh, for October because right now I feel like, you know, if you're on a deer, it's a great time uh, to get it done. But some of us, you know, like me and Logan included, if we don't have a target, what do you do with your time? And I think uh, for me and a lot of us other blue collar kind of guys, it's like, it's good to get out in the woods, you know, maybe this is the good time to try and take a doe off of some public or somewhere that you're not really putting a lot of your time and effort into. Um, just try to think outside of the box and get some time with the family. Uh, that's kind of, kind of one thing I've learned over the years, uh, you know, when you really want to be out, you know, kind of get the wife a little bit moody and she starts to get a little bit give you a little bit of temper and nobody needs that, you know? So no, that, that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, no, no, no. Are old ladies you're, getting mad at us? You've always got a free pass to go to the woods, right? That's right. Yeah. That's and if she works. kicks you, if she kicks you out, you can just come to my place. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll, I'll do the same. Yeah. You've got, I'll just you've got bigger myself. deer down there. I think. <laughs> no, 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 they're all up where you're at. You know, they, they're right wow. near the Ohio line. Everybody talks about Ohio. Let's, let's, they swim across the river. That's what I've heard. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. What were you, uh, you were looking up tonight, um, about, uh, spotlighting. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Is it legal? Yeah. Is it legal how, to spotlight? I was looking up how illegal it actually is. Okay. Is <laughs> yeah, it no, extremely in, in illegal? Kentucky, or? Yeah. In Kentucky, okay. you're not allowed to do anything like okay. cast any sort of light that's like out of you know that's not basically your headlights out into a field or um whether it's private or public or anything like they're very specific about it i got gotcha. you yeah, yeah I've, i know some places like uh i have some buddies in pennsylvania that that would be their scouting tactic around like october time they would just start like you know glass and fields at nighttime and and they'd find good deer and Hats off to him. I mean, it's kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, apparently we can't do that. So, uh, on to the next topic. Not too many poachers <laughs> down here, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you're damn right. You know it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, they can't make it any easier for him. Let's say, put it that way. So, if you can't spotlight, what? Uh, how else are you spending your time right now? Right now, honestly, I just kind of need to get my balls back um, after – I shot a doe on Saturday and I, I'm, I'm not, I'm just kind of like, you know, just talking crap. Uh, I feel like I definitely killed the deer. Uh, I made a great shot and I really can't, I can't explain why she didn't die. Like within a hundred yards, it, it really kind of baffles me. I was shooting, uh, the iron wheels and I've shot a fair amount of deer. Like I, I've shot at least 50 to 60 deer with a bow and this was one of those shots where I was like, she had making it out of the field and I heard her crash and stupid me, you know, I gave her like 45 minutes, I say, and I got down, you know, I see my arrow laying there. I got a complete pass through and, um, it was kind of like, 
it wasn't that real deep red color of like on the arrow. It was kind of like a, a pink almost. And, you know, I kind of said to myself like, ah, that really doesn't look that good. But, you know, in my head, I'm like, I saw the shot that I made. I heard her crash into the brush. Like she's probably just laying there. So I decided to go walk over there and look for her. And I ended up bumping her and like, the blood completely like just dried up. Like I was just getting like little specks of blood and I I couldn't make sense of it. I went back there the next day and I couldn't find her. And I was like, well, I mean the meat had already been spoiled at that point. So I'm not sure where she went exactly. It's kind of hard where she died at, but that's where I'm at, man. I really just need to, uh, I feel like I just need to kill something personally just to get that. You know, it's always good to, get it get one out of the way and i would love to have some fresh meat for the freezer too so i'm right there i've been scouting yeah i mean i know you feel the same way right i mean if you get a doe in front of you you send in it absolutely i need to get this uh new meat grinder that i just got dirty oh that's right what yeah. did you end up going with did you get you got a meat it's uh yeah it's meat your maker um it just seemed like a really good option um quality and the stuff that it came with was good and they had a little discount and so i just uh picked up a half horsepower one not trying to do anything fancy and you know i mean i i was looking up the regs too today um i didn't realize so in the zone that i'm in you can take four deer um whether that's three antlerless and one antlered or four antlerless on just the tag alone before you have to buy um the bonus antlerless and i thought it was only three so i'm definitely going to try and fill that if i can um just to stock up because i'm sick and tired of uh not going to get too political but sick and tired of paying these prices at the grocery store (laughs) yeah no kidding man (laughs) our grocery bills have been crazy lately and it's like Red meat, especially. I mean, was it like oh, a yeah. pound of ground ground uh, beef? Now it's like six or seven bucks. I, I was yeah. blown away when we went to Maryland at, at like the prices of of stuff, man. I'm like, I feel like I'm lucky where we live at. I mean, living in a podunk town, kind of, you know, we don't really have quite as high prices because heck, people can't really afford that kind of stuff. So it is what it is. Yeah. But stuff's getting out of hand, man. Yeah, honestly, so I don't know where things are gonna go. Right now, I think anything, not anything, but I think if I get an opportunity at something, um, I'm definitely going to try and make it happen because I need or I want to get some meat in the freezer and then I just need some practice, um, to be honest. Like, I need to get in the groove and hopefully kill a doe or something before um, a buck walks in front of me just to have the practice with um filming and all that kind of stuff too it's always good to uh get a a practice run in i agree 100 percent, man i I feel like it's i was kind of reflecting back on like past years and i think i've always been like that where i've always wanted to shoot a doe first because it it is it's just better i mean get your heart pumping get you like it's a perfect practice session for when that buck comes in because it's like pretty much the same thing if you can shoot a doe i mean usually does are a little bit smaller than bucks so it's like 
you know if you can get a dome on a doe, you're definitely going to kill a buck. And personally, that's one of my things too. I always try to like look at big bucks as does. I'm just like, it's just another deer. Like pick a spot and make it count. And seems to help out. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's, I haven't experienced that, um, like <laughs> having a big buck walk in like that. I mean, I, I guess I have, I've been at full draw, but I haven't sent it. And so it's, it's one of those things that it's, you know, I, I know I hear all the horror stories about the stuff that happens in that moment. Um, and all I can do is practice for it. And I do, I do like, you know, that I do, I put the work in yeah. to make sure that I'm doing the stuff that I'm going to, that I'm supposed to be doing. But at the same time, like there's nothing that's going to equate to that besides getting the experience. It's exactly right. I, I really try to tell, like I've had a, I got a couple of buddies that have reached out to me and had like some problems like, Oh man, I missed a, I missed a buck or when it's like, you really can't practice the adrenaline. Like there's nothing that compares to like that adrenaline that you've spent your entire year waiting for that moment. And for some people, it's just like that fight or flight response. Like some people just wig out and completely like throw everything out the window and put their pin on a deer and send it. And it's like, it's so mental in that moment. And it's, I've heard a lot of other people talk about that with like baseball players or, you know, football players. It's like, you know, don't mess this up. Like this is your moment. You've been training for it. You've been practicing, but at the end of the day, man, like there's nothing that you can do except for put yourself in that situation. And it's the only way you're going to grow. And it's like, if you fail, then just learn from it and just brush it off. I think that that, uh, ties back into the topic for today is, um, to continue practicing. So I think as we move into mid October now, you know, um, it's October to the 12th. And so we're moving into that time frame, and I'm going to guess that there's a lot of people out there that haven't shot their bow since, you know, the day before opener. Um, if they haven't shot at anything, they, you know, they practice during the summer, maybe picked up the bow or whatever. Um, and then made sure it was sighted in. And then now that it's season, if you're going out, you're going out to hunt. Um, don't be afraid to, you know, just walk out and send a couple before you head to the woods. Um, I think that that's super important just not only to make sure that your bow is dialed to, but to make sure that your process is dialed, that your mentality is dialed and that you're, you know, in the zone ready to go. Yeah. That's super solid tip. I'll tell you one thing, uh, it made me think of when you mentioned that was, uh, Ted from like the hunting public. He said, or he actually puts an extra arrow in his quiver and he'll pick a leaf or whatever and shoot it when he gets in his tree. And I have an extra arrow in my quiver. I I practice a lot, so I have a lot of confidence. But for some of you guys out there, that could be a solid tip. And it's just like, there's nothing wrong with that. You're, you shooting your bow is not going to alarm like everything in the woods. I mean, it's not a, it's not a big deal. It shouldn't anyways. No, but it also, it also would be pretty crappy to make a terrible shot, you know, or miss really bad. And then you're like, uh, okay, well now what do I do? But at least you would know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would say another, I'm sorry to interrupt you. 
I don't know. Would you- I was just going to say that, uh, you know, that's usually because I, I usually carry my bow and kind of stalk my way into wherever I'm going um, whenever I'm, like, going in for a hunt. And so when I get to the car or get out of the car, um, when I get to my spot, like, I'll usually throw an arrow on and just draw back and hold it at full draw for, you know, just, like, 20 seconds. And just to get that feel, make sure, because I run a nose button on my string, like make sure that that's where I want it. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with my peep or like anything like that. Um, just to kind of, like I said, get into that zone of like, okay. And you, cause you know, when you draw, <laughs> like the second you get that bow all the way back to the wall, like you're like, all right, this feels good. Or you're like, yeah, today, <laughs> like <laughs> it's not feeling so good today. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I think in in general, uh, getting all your, you know, gear tweaks in line before, you know, this this real like main part of the season that a lot of us really look forward to. I mean, a lot of us, you know, once this time changes, man, like we're not going to be able to hunt after work and we're going to be stuck with the weekends. And for a lot of the guys out there, I mean, we all take a, a vacation during the rut. I mean, you know as much as I would love to say, like, I, I personally want to kill a good buck right now. Cause I haven't done it. And I think it'd be a great challenge. Um, the rut is, is around here seems to be the most magical time for a lot of these bigger, more mature deer to get up on their feet. And it's almost like they just come out of their caves. I don't even know how else to put it, but it is absolutely the truth. Like they just more and more of them seem to show up and move around and having all your ducks in order and having your stand ready to run whenever, you know, the time presents itself is a super important thing to have. And whether it's a small farm that you're able to hunt or a little piece of property, having stuff in order so you can go hop up in a tree and be quiet um, or however it might be. I mean, we all, we, you know, this is the running and gunning podcast. We are about running and gunning and and doing hanging hunts but by all means like if you have a piece of private there's nothing wrong with you you know if you have a good tree that you have history with in a in a rut funnel or something like that it makes a lot of sense you're not going to make any noise you know doing that or even just putting a few sticks up so you can hang your stand a lot quicker in the mornings i mean that's to me that's what when i was thinking about you know time management for october you know, if it's an 80 degree day, like, Hey, maybe you should just go scout instead of hunt today and try and find that fresh sign, try and find an area, go, go look in a new area that you haven't been to, um, cross it off the list. I mean, that's pretty much what I've been trying to do lately when I have the free time is check some of these cameras I've got that have been soaking. And, you know, some of the places are dead and some of them are heating up. I mean, it, it just is what it is. Yeah, I think like the difference between heading out and going on a scouting trip or, um, you know, checking cameras or something like that and using, you know, an hour and a half to two hours versus going out and sitting for five or six, um, you know, until dark. And then like right now, you're right. The time hasn't changed yet. So at least for me, I'm in, you know, the eastern time zone. It's getting dark almost at eight. So then by the time you're getting home, you know, it's 8.30, 8.45, depending on how far, you know, a walk out and like all that kind of stuff. And so 
you've used up basically your whole day you get home um you know if you've got a wife or a girlfriend or whatever like it's most likely too late to really spend any quality time together or anything like that and if you've got kids they're probably in bed like right now's the time to be banking that family time um and spending the quality time with them so that when the time comes that you do want to hit the woods it's not oh you're going to be gone again it's okay yeah sure go ahead you know there's there's right. a huge difference when you've banked that time in you know whether it's your significant other or whatever um in their reaction to your request i guess is the best way to put it <laughs> right happy wife happy life man it's, exactly. it's pretty accurate um get your household chores done so you don't have to do them in november i mean that's another good time management thing i've got a few things i have to take care of here around the house and i don't want to do them in november you know what i mean it's like we're getting in between seasons it's about to get really cold i mean there's things i got to take care of we all got to take care of um you know get those chores done Make your wife happy. Does she have a little project for you to do? Well, get your ass out there and go do it. I mean, then you could, then you've got ammunition, right? I mean, that's my thinking on it. It's like, hey, look, look, hon, I'm trying to go spend some time in the woods. What can I do to help you? I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm going out there a little bit far, but no, I'm telling I, you, it, it definitely agree. helps. It definitely helps. I've been there enough. I luckily have a very understanding wife. I mean she gets it she's been around long enough to know this is this is what i do and i kind of abandoned her a little bit but she'll be all right i mean <laughs> i think that i think that like most of our listeners probably are in the same boat um it's hard to to hunt in this sort of a way in this like you know in the run and gun style and not have a supportive significant other um, right just because to be committed to this you've got to be obsessed and being obsessed means that you're working on it thinking about it doing it all the time and so i think that most of the time this like our significant others they they understand but when there's definitely a very fine line um that you've got to play that if you you know are gone too much or whatever like then you're you're gonna start seeing those issues arise and you don't want that right now because it's too early that's right (laughs) there's a lot of season left that's right that's exactly what we're getting at with this podcast it's it's one of those one of those ones that i thought was kind of important i i was kind of reflecting uh to myself on sunday about it because i hunted saturday morning saturday evening I had great sits. I had great hunts. Um, saw a lot of deer, but I went out on Sunday evening with a friend of mine and I like kind of, you know, she could, she kind of made me feel a little guilty, you know, and I left and she's like, Oh, go do what you want. And I'm like, Oh, we all know. We all know what that means, guys. I mean, come on. So, you know, whatever we can do. And and that's what I said. I'm like, so this weekend we're going to go do some stuff please God don't give me like some crazy cold front. So I, I don't have to weasel <laughs> my way out of that. <laughs> yeah, but, um, we're supposed to get one next week. I know. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, me I th- too. I think it's, it's just been warm. It's, it's not as fun when it's, you know, 75 degrees. 
no to, definitely to not. go out like especially when it's been cold and then it gets hot again you're just like eh. so i'm excited for these colder temperatures um and i think as the temperatures start dropping especially at night um these deer are going to start opening up their ranges um and they're going to start checking um you know their known air doe areas and stuff like that that they've been to every year they're going to start looking for that first hot doe and i think it's really going to make a difference if you know where those areas are that are starting to get hot so if you're going to use your time right now and you're going to be in the woods spend it on the ground looking for sign the stuff that's starting to open up i've seen a ton of guys talking about seeing scrapes opening up um i made a post on the mobile hunters page the other day asking you know who's seen scrapes some scrape action and stuff like that and man there's a lot of responses of big bucks hitting scrapes right now um you know and it's not late october it's we're not even to the halfway point yet so right i think that a lot of people view this time you know the october lull like these deer aren't gonna move they're gonna you know lay down at as soon as that sun starts to peak up uh, you know over the horizon those deer are just like bam down on the ground not gonna move until it gets dark again and that's just not the case um it just depends on i mean there we all know there's so many factors that uh, play into how a deer moves but it's possible to get it done right now if you know where those deer are at and, and so use your time wisely um and if you can't figure it out you can't figure it out figure out where you need to be in three weeks right you're gonna figure it out real quick when you get in the woods and you find out that there's no sign and you can cross right. that off your list now i'll say this just because you walk in a spot in the next 10 days and you don't see any sign does not mean you can't come back there in the next two to three weeks. And there might be a giant in there. Um, certain spots hold deer at certain times. It just, you know, every situation is different. Every scenario is different, but like these next 10 days are probably, I would say one of the tougher periods of, of time where you don't see as many big mature deer hitting the ground. Now, that's not to say that it can't happen. It just means, like, for us, like, if you're not on one, what are you going to do with it? And I really, I had a really interesting thing I wanted to touch on that I noticed uh, or that I saw from uh, MSU Deer Lab. And it was this, it was this illustration. They put a tracker on a mature buck. It was a five-year-old deer. And they showed you on a map what this deer did. And they showed you time of day and what day it was and you could literally watch this deer travel and he was traveling mostly at nighttime but he was still traveling during daytime he was just hanging out in his core area and he would go over here across the field and he would hang out over here and he would just make his ways and if you were in that trail or you were in there near his bedding area you probably would have killed him but it's just finding those little spots. And the only way you're going to do that is by getting your boots on the ground and figuring out where that deer is. And he's going to be laying down sign. A mature buck right now is laying down sign. Like scrapes, rubs, I, I don't care what, what deer it is. He is definitely laying down some stuff. 
So when you find it, it's up to you to do what you can to get on it, whether it's putting a camera or throwing a sit at it. You know, you might get lucky and bust him. You know, it's just, it's one of those things. Um, but for me, like with actually seeing that study that they did, man, it was so cool. Um, to just be able to see like how that deer took like almost the same trail to cross the field. Like, did you see it, Logan? What yeah, I was talking I about? Did. Yeah, I did see that. And, and it is crazy just, um, how repeatable like their pattern is and right they how like simple it makes it to think about how easy it would be to kill them exactly that's what my mind was and then i got really like i watched it for a couple minutes and then i went back and i was like all right what did that deer do in the last week of october and his home range opened up like crazy did you notice like he yeah. started going over to here and going over there and then like the map went from what looked like a trail with like two little uh, dots on the end of it where he was hanging around in his home area to just this like mess of lines where he was just opening up his, his home range in that last week of October. Yeah. It looked like uh, you gave a three-year-old an Etch-a-Sketch. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was like kind of, you, I think you and I were talking about that. We were like, it was kind of hard to follow at first, but then. Oh, yeah. It's really cool when you actually look at like those kind of studies, and I was like, man, I think I chose the wrong career. If I could go back, I think that would be a cool. I know those guys don't make that much money, but it'd just be kind of a cool career to get into. Definitely, imagine flying in a helicopter successful. and what's that? I said I think it would definitely make us more successful. Oh my god, yeah, maybe that that would be a great guest to get on if we could. Yeah, somebody that's like a biologist or something like that. Yeah, I think that would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I'll we'll see if to, I can't we'll get a hold some of somebody. Contacts. Yeah, yeah, I would like to. I think it'd be pretty knowledgeable for both of us, honestly, if we could actually get somebody that's like collared some bucks that's like from Kentucky. I don't know. Yeah. For us, I mean, you know, sounds kind of selfish to the to the rest of y'all, but no, oh well. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, no, I, mean, I mean, it's kind of a mix of terrain, you know. Yeah, a lot of the patterns and stuff. I mean it. I feel like most of our listeners are probably Midwestern guys. And I think so too. A, lo a lot of it's going to be uh, the same, like how you hunt certain features and stuff like that are obviously going to be different even from where I'm at to where you're at. But um, I think like the core information is all going to be the same. And I like, I really like that idea. Let's uh, let's get yeah. put that in the works. Definitely, man. I'm going to get on that tomorrow. Um, we're gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna have to get. I want to get a couple people. The next uh, podcast I'd like to do is like maybe something on thermals too, um, yep. with the, the temperatures, you know, kind of dropping here soon. I think it thermals are something to, to that you're gonna have to play with every hunt. Um, don't get me wrong, but it's like with these extreme temp drops and stuff like that, it's even more of a. There's even more of a, a push for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think. Uh, as we start to get into November too, the thermals play almost more of a, a factor because the, like what we were just talking about, that deer movement gets so sporadic and they're kind of everywhere. It's really hard to play like know and play the wind in the correct way because you don't have that same pattern that you're like, okay, he's taking the same trail every single day. You know, yeah. if I've got this wind, I can sit this side of the trail. He'll never know that I'm there. And, right. 
you know, I can kill them. Whereas then, if in November you're like, these deer can come from anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like November is, I'm not going to say I've targeted at least three or four deer in November and killed them. Um, and a lot of people say, Oh, well, you're just, you know, whatever in November, you just sit in a funnel and like, if you're lucky, you're lucky. But honestly, you can, if you have historical data on a specific buck, like it can be a killer time to kill that deer. I've had multiple deer. Um, I know this has nothing to do with October, but I've had multiple deer come in the same time. Like they have never shown up during October, but come November 6th or November uh, 8th, this buck three years in a row showed up on like November 8th. I think it was. And like around the same area within these couple cameras within like a quarter mile of each other. And I was like blown away by that. Like, what are the odds? Like, does this deer have a watch? And he's like, Oh, time to go over <laughs> here. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's nuts. There's definitely but, something to that. Um, and, but I, I also think that that plays into what we are talking about that, you know, that that's kind of what, if you're not on a deer, um, right now, like one, it gives you hope that, there's going to be deer that show up and you know in the next few weeks but also uh, getting out there and looking and finding those spots that when that deer does show up like you're ready right getting cameras in place uh kind of you know and adjusting for that i mean we all know right now I, i'd say the best place to have a camera is on a scrape I mean, that's, that's what I've done with a lot of my cameras here recently, or I've put them in like, you know, specific terrain features that are kind of like funnel a deer to come into. Um, I think, I so mean, that's touching on, uh, this, the scrape thing. I think like right now, especially, um, put that camera on video mode if you don't have yes. it on video already so that you can see one, the deer's mannerisms, but two, where it's coming from and where it's going um, at whatever time. So one thing I wanted to touch on was the difference between nighttime sign and daytime sign. So when that deer is laying the sign down um, and when you're looking at it and trying to determine, you know, whether you should sit it, obviously it's how fresh it is. And, you know, we could get into that. Um, I think most people understand what fresh sign is. And, you know, trying to determine how old it is, but then looking at it and saying, okay, this scrape, this rub is on a field edge. That's most likely put there at night. That's at least what I've experienced as far as trail camera data and stuff like that. When I find a scrape on a field edge and then I put a camera on it, it's all nighttime uh, pictures and stuff. Like maybe once you get into like late November where the temperatures really start dropping and stuff like that, like you'll see some daytime movement on that and daytime activity. But especially right now through the end of October, um, that's going to be more of like that nighttime um, sign. Whereas when you start to get in closer to bedding areas, um, like up on ridge tops uh, near those food sources, you know, people are hunting white oaks and stuff like that like when you find a scrape next to a white oak that's dropping like don't throw a camera on that throw a sit on it <laughs> you right. know like i agree with that 
Um, yeah. So that's the that's the kind of sign that you that you want to be on. Um, I think you know walking into your stand or walking in to find a tree like people get jacked up because they're like look at this scrape line and it's like scrape 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 all the way down the field edge they're like all right i'm gonna hang right here and then they don't see anything and they're like man like why are they not hitting these scrapes it's like because they're not coming out into that field during the day yeah you gotta find that right now yeah you gotta find that one main scrape i think i got lucky um over at the farm I have, like I did find one of the main scrapes and there are like bucks hitting it during daylight right now, but not, they're not mature bucks. Like they're good bucks, but they're not like something that I'm trying to kill. Um, but it's, it really interesting. Like I think a lot of the does, I think when they just come passing by, like it's just a natural curiosity thing where they just like check it and move on. Um, I'm not saying they're over there like pawing at the dirt and like going nuts, but I have kind of seen like once you get into that latter period of, of October, I think some of those field edge scrapes can be money. Uh, if you can find a good one, like a, a, I'm talking like a car hood size, like scrape. Those are different than those little small ones that you see just on the edge. I think when you can find something like that with like a, couple big limbs and you've got multiple scrapes underneath of that thing those are the kind of ones you want to focus on but when you just find one limb and one tiny you know little scrape that's like you're saying logan that's probably just like an evening you know that deer's coming and cruising through and he's making a scrape because yeah that i mean and you can right tell there. when it when it looks like they they like walk down the side of that field and they were like Oh look a branch and then they make make a scrape and then yeah. they keep walk like ten feet later they're like, Oh look a branch and it's like right. you're like, Okay. That's kinda yeah. when you can tell. Yeah. And I mean I think another thing when you find uh multiple rubs near a, a good scrape like that, that can be another good indication like that that's a decent deer in there too. Like he wants to let everybody know who's boss and that's why they lay that sign down like that. A lot of the more aggressive bucks will do that. But so I think scrape on part. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I mean, I think part of the, I guess, moral of that story is like, just because you find one scrape, one rub, like whatever, like don't just automatically sit, like look around, try and find more sign. Right. And don't, don't just like be afraid to, to dive in and, and go deeper and, understand what what it is that you're looking at um Mm -hmm. because i i think a lot of people i don't know whether it's they think they're gonna bump deer or whatever at least i know like um previously i know i felt this way but it's like okay i found this scrape oh look a rub like i should probably sit here and it's like in reality i should have pushed another 150 yards into the timber and found fresher sign and then yeah. maybe I could have made it happen. Whereas right. now I'm sitting here instead of like working farther and, you know, it's going to take that deer another 30 minutes to get to me. And by that time it's already dark. Right. And something I've really been struggling with recently. Um, I feel almost like I'm nervous to go deep into the woods right now. Cause it's been so dry where we're at. 
like in the afternoons and stuff like that, especially in the mornings. Like I've wanted to push into the woods in the mornings, but I feel like I'm just going to do so much more harm than good because <clears throat> it's just so loud. It's one thing when like, you know, it rains and you've got like that foliage is not like, you know, going to alert everything in the country. Um, but right now, man, I mean, those woods and those hollows like around where we are, are like that's where the deer are at. And that's exactly like we both know that's where they are. But how do you I mean, how do, how am I going to get in there without like bumping everything out of there? And it's like and alerting them before I can even get to to where they are. It's just kind of a tough scenario. Yeah, it is like especially I mean, the leaves are dropping and they're dry and they're crunchy and it's it's difficult to move around. Like, yeah, there's no doubt about yeah, it. It's it's uh i mean i've tried to use like some of their trails and and then it's like i really i really don't want to go down the exact deer trail that they're using because it's kind of a kind of not a, a, a good tactic to be honest i mean you're just asking to be busted yeah it's a little counterproductive but yeah yeah but whatever you know it is what it is i maybe some of you guys that are listening can relate to that um it's something i've been struggling with I've hunted more field edges and I, I did throw a sit on public on, um, Saturday morning and I, I had a great sit. Um, a lot of these deer were hammering this one white oak tree, man. It was really cool to watch and just the morning unfold. Like every deer came down the same trail and worked this oak tree for probably 10 to 15 minutes. And I was just like, and the coolest thing was that oak tree is the exact tree that I shot my first buck in Kentucky out of. Like, so it was just kind of cool to watch it all go down like that. But, well, yeah, that I think for historical, that kind of historical yeah, knowledge is is important for sure, man. Like, I know that woods really well, and like, I don't even I, I have a camera in there, but like, I didn't even bother to check it. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna throw a sit at this place. It's either gonna go really well or you know it's not and when i got down that morning i scouted i found two new tree stands that somebody had put in there no rubs no scrapes nothing and that place is usually lit up with sign so check that one off the list i'm not going back there this year uh <laughs> at least not for a couple of weeks let's just put it that way but you know that could be one of them places that blows up during the rut a good buck could could get in there and make that his home you never know i mean finding those overlooked chunks is everything um that's kind of my one of my biggest keys i've had for public land success is like trying to find little stuff that maybe people overlook um a lot of people want a big parcel i like a big parcel too but sometimes it's good to take a step back and find some of those smaller pieces of land that other people aren't really concerned with I think it's it stops you from overthinking as well. Yeah, it's like, easy. They're it, easier to hunt too because it's like, hey, yeah. look, I, this is what I got, and you know, here's what's gonna, how this is going to go. I mean, it's going to work out or it's not going to work out, and then you move on to the next one. Right. Yeah, I, I think it taking some of that decision making process out um, definitely one speeds it up, and two, like, allows you more opportunity so that you're not you're not in the wrong spot like and you don't feel like you're in the wrong spot you have confidence and you're like i mean it's your if it's your only option 
then it's your only option and you're not thinking about oh i should have sat over here or oh i should have sat over right. there like right. you're you're just where you're at right and i mean even if you see a good buck and you're not where you need to be that's where this is where you know being mobile comes into play it's like adjust it's all about going out hunting and finding that buck once you find him that is the biggest part then you do what you got to do to adjust and get on them and that's where being mobile is, in my opinion, like the best way to hunt because you're not confined to hunting a ladder stand. You're not confined to hunting only this one end of the field. It's like, and that's what's cool with hunting public is a lot of times we have a broader, you know, property that we're not restricted to go hunt. So if you're not seeing what you want to see, then go move somewhere else and, and find it, you know? That was that was one of the most like eye-opening moments for me about uh mobile hunting and this style is like so it was a hunting public video and they were sitting in a tree and i think two or three bucks went down the same trail maybe like 60 yards away didn't have a shot at any of them and they just got down adjusted got within 20 yards of that trail and end up killing because of that so as we start to get in start to get into this time where these bucks are cruising and um you know they're not together but they're gonna be following like the same trails they know like what what other deer are in the area and like they're probably going to be working the same trails and stuff like especially when once you start getting those does running like they're gonna there's gonna be multiple bucks right coming down the same path exactly so exactly so just because you saw one two maybe even three bucks go by like doesn't mean that another one's not gonna no learn i mean absolutely learn from every deer that you're seeing in the woods like just because it's a four point and a doe does not mean that like what you're seeing isn't valuable like see how they're working the woods and try to understand what they're doing, where they came from and where they're headed to. And a lot of times that buck is going to take the same exact trail. So it's up to you to adjust and, and, you know, get in there where you need to be at. If you're not in the game, then you need to put yourself in the game. And that's in a nutshell, what mobile hunting is all about. You know, it's, it's, it's being able to pick up on things and adjust and make stuff happen. And with that said, I'm going to close this one out. Me and Logan were trying to keep this one a little bit shorter. Um, we really appreciate you guys tuning in with us today. Um, do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, we need to all work on time management. Um, that's, again, like, why we're cutting this short. We've got – we both got stuff to do. It's, you know, October, and we're trying to make time for – other stuff we're prioritizing and uh making shit happen amen that's right well thanks again for tuning in with us guys and we'll catch up with you next week thank you thanks again for joining us today guys we really appreciate y'all want to give a special thanks to our sponsor lone wolf custom gear if you guys haven't you got to check them out online at lonewolfcustomgear.com they got so many awesome products if you're looking to upgrade your equipment or just get into the mobile game you can't go wrong with anything they have i also want to close this one out with a quote 
I'm not sure exactly who uh, who said this one, but I, I really liked it. It says, in race between lion and deer, many times the deer wins because a lion runs for food and deer runs for life. In the end, purpose is more important than need. Hope that finds you guys well today. Uh, hope you guys are out there having a great season. I wish you all the best. Tune in with us next week for another great episode.